The book was better. Here Hello. We are. And welcome to The Book Was Better. I'm Kaylee Clark. And I'm Taylor Collette. And our mom has told us that our voices sound super similar. So hopefully, <laughs> I don't hear it, but <laughs> hopefully you can tell our voices apart. Otherwise, it just sounds like one person talking to themselves like they're crazy. Which works. I mean, that can work <laughs> in certain realms of being. <laughs> um, um, just before we get started, uh, I know not everybody will care, but just to tell you a little bit more about ourselves, um, and why we're doing this podcast. So I, Kaylee, this is Kaylee talking. <laughs> um, um, so I'm a wife and mother. I have two little kids. Um, I have an almost three-year-old and, uh, just turned one-year-old, both little girls, um, I graduated with my degree in English in 2015 and a minor in creative writing. And honestly, I have really missed that discussion aspect of uh, my education and my college career, specifically when it comes to literature. Um, like I mentioned in the trailer, I'm not saying that means I'm like super qualified to talk about literature, but it's something I enjoy doing and it's something that I've missed doing. Um, and so I've had this brain child for a while, um, started talking about it with Taylor and cause she also into books. Yeah. Yeah. We're nerds. Yeah. Have always been since childhood because <laughs> we're sisters. Don't know if we've mentioned that yet. Only but, a few times. Um, only a few times. It's fine. Um, so we finally just uh, took the plunge and decided to do it. Yeah. Um. A little bit about me being Taylor. <laughs> I'm married. I don't have any kids. So I get to enjoy a good night's sleep. <laughs> um, yeah, I just don't, graduated. Don't bring sleep into this equation. <laughs> I just graduated this year um, with a degree in management and a minor in Japanese. I lived in Japan for a while. Um, I am just a big nerd and I love reading and I'm very passionate about movie adaptations of books. As you will discover. <laughs> yes. So in all honesty, these episodes could be like five hours long because we could get into it, but we'll try to like not talk your ears off. But yeah, it's going to be hard. Listen, it's 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 challenging already. And this is the first episode. So <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, when Kaylee brought this idea, I got super excited because I'm looking for any outlet for all of my passion. So this should be exciting. It's and and this is new for us. Um, neither yeah. of us are professional podcasters or recording artists or anything. So bear with us. But expect um, the first couple episodes to be a little awkward. And maybe even after that, because I am kind of an awkward person. Yeah, maybe I just every episode. Listen, join us in the awkwardness. <laughs> um, but this will be good. This will be fun. Um, we have uh, social media. 
Oh, yeah. So before we get... (laughs) We do have social media. Before we get into the juicy bits of this podcast, um, we do want to plug our social media pages because we're just cool like that. Um, So we have an Instagram. Gotta get it out there. Yes. We have an Instagram and a Twitter. They're both TBWB podcast. So just TBWB podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. I think there's an underscore in between them on Twitter. They're okay. Sorry. Twitter's weird. It wouldn't. It, it's weird. Twitter's weird. Listen. So there's. <laughs> so let's try. You'll it. find us if you search it though. Yes. <laughs> but um, definitely go check us out over there because we'll be posting more in-depth analyses of these book versus movies that we can't necessarily get into on the podcast but look at her using big words like analyses <laughs> but yeah go on <laughs> we are pros we are we are experts on harry potter <laughs> oh yes as you wear a hogwarts sweatshirt and i'm in a harry potter onesie <laughs> listen we're really feeling it tonight so, yes. <laughs> so yeah go well, check in us fairness out. though we have each read the series over a dozen times each at least and watch the movies at least and watch the movies there's a reason we're starting with harry potter yes definitely um and they're good and that's something else too um yes we're kind of going to be tearing into these movies a little bit um that doesn't mean we didn't enjoy the movies yeah we're gonna be a little nitpicky in this podcast because that's the entire point of this podcast that's the point of the podcast (laughs) but that doesn't we're not trying to discredit these movies like i love the harry potter movies i watch the first one every halloween and christmas because i consider it both a halloween and christmas movie purely because it has those holidays in it (laughs) so we're not well and it's good and they're totally entertaining we just feel like there are some differences that had they not overlooked, the movies could have been, been even better. So yes, even better. That's the key word. Um, just want to get that out there before people will jump down our throats about these movies are really good. We're not saying they're not good. We're just pointing out some room for improvement. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yeah, like she said, um, more details uh, on social media um we would love to get your feedback and your thoughts on if the book was better or not uh, on what your big grievances are um so our twitter and instagram are great ways to do that also you can always send us an email at tbwbpodcast at gmail.com and um let us know what we're calling fan yeah. faux pas so with that, uh, let us know with that plug in and there, disclosure out of the way, you let's the get into the juicy bits and talk about whatever. Just tell us what we have some problems with. Um, so we <laughs> we recently this past week, we have watched the movies and reread the books. So it's fresh on our mind. We've taken lots of extensive notes and we're ready to get into it. Too many extensive notes. We will not get to everything. (laughs) But it'll be good enough. So, um, I'm going to start. Yeah, go for it. Right? Yeah, I'll go first this time. 
Um, and, and, and again, we're not going to get to everything. So there's lots that I could mention, but one specific thing that I wanted to mention, um, is Quidditch because Quidditch in the books is mentioned a lot more. It's much more important. Um, and like, it's not that the movie didn't make an effort to try and show like, Ooh, Harry's a natural at this, but cause they, they did try, but like in the books, you really, um, you really get that feeling in that sense that Harry has never been great at anything, you know, and his life obviously sucked, you know, with the Dursleys. Um, yes. But like the first time he gets on a broomstick, it's like he's it just comes to him. There's there's no. And actually, the movie didn't show it that great because other than him immediately being able to catch his I just touched my mic. Sorry that hopefully that wasn't super loud um, because other than being able to catch his broomstick immediately, whereas other students couldn't. Um, in the movie, they show him when he first takes flight being shaky and being a little unsure. Where is in the book, it describes him as being a complete natural, knowing exactly what to do, not being shaky, not being unsure or anything. Um, also, his his father much quicker being a Quidditch player. Well, and, and that, also drawing it's that not... connection between them. It's not Hermione that brings it up in the books. I thought it was kind of weird that Hermione randomly knew about Harry's dad being a Quidditch player. That was like a weird change to make. Not to mention that in the books, they keep it a secret. In the movie, it's like the news gets spread and there's rumors everywhere. But in the books, they specifically, it's like hush hush amongst the Gryffindor Quidditch team. They don't even make it clear in the movies that first years aren't allowed broomsticks or that they're not allowed on the team. They just say, wow, first years never make the team. It's like, no, they're not even allowed to try out. Like, this is a big deal. They're not allowed to have a broom. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And like the fact that they open so, the broomstick at the table when in the book, they're sh- mm-hmm. McGonagall's like, don't open it at the table. Don't you dare <laughs> open this right now. <laughs> it's like, luckily, it even says like, luckily, Harry opened the letter first because it said, don't you dare open this here. <laughs> like, yeah. Um. Like, the one plus side for Quidditch that I'll give them, the Quidditch uniforms look great. Oh, the Quidditch uniforms, great. Also, like, the stadium, the mm-hmm. description of, the like, the rings and, and the ball and, like, the way the game is played, fantastic. Like, they captured that great. But, I don't know, also the Quidditch match itself, too, like, in the book, like, Lee's commentary is hilarious. Oh my goodness, yes. With McGonagall having to shut he, him up. And McGonagall, yeah, McGonagall's always like, just stick to stats about the game. Like, quit showing favoritism. Hey, like, and like, it adds more character. It's just, it's funnier. Like, that's one of my favorite things about the book, like about Quidditch in the book is the commentary. And it's just so much more straightforward and serious in the movie. Not that it's not a serious moment because it it is for Harry, especially like when he catches the snitch and everything. But um, I just feel like they took some things out there that they didn't need to. And that took away from some of the characterization there. Um, and also that that made Quidditch more fun and well, seem more fun. Because let's also talk about it the fact just it was just dramatic in the movie. Well, in the book, there's two Quidditch games that they talk about yeah 
One of them, where Harry's broom goes wild, Dumbledore's not supposed to be at because they talk about how Quirrell would never have said this, like done the spell if Dumbledore were there. But in the movie, he's there yeah. sitting right, like seriously right next to him. You're like, what the heck? And the second Quidditch game in the book is one of like the quickest ones in history. Like Harry catches the snitch in like the first five minutes. So fast. Like, it's such a big deal. He's so awesome. The whole school is like, crazy impressed he like is so excited because he's finally known for something other than just being harry potter like that's yeah. a big deal to him just for being the boy who lived which isn't something he even remembers yeah no like they're like oh you're harry potter you're the guy that had that awesome quidditch game like he gets so excited about that and they totally took it out in the movie i get it they didn't have time for two quidditch matches like yeah totally get it but it is kind of a bummer to take that little piece out and that that fun, the mm-hmm. f- it, it just I just feel like the movie took away the sense of fun surrounding yes. Quidditch, and as we know, Quidditch continues to be a big part of the whole series. So, oh, the amount of Quidditch um, games that are not included in the movies, so many. Again, understandable, but not to mention it's like it's a big connecting factor between him and Ron. You know, like Ron later on, loves, yeah. Quidditch is they they compare it, com- compare it, ha, compare it to um, soccer. You yeah. know, or football, which is which is really big in other countries, just not the U.S. Right? Yes, football, football as they call it, is major. Everybody watches football. Well, and in soccer. the book, they have um, Dean Thomas, who is like pretty much excluded from the movie. You see him like once or twice. But hey, but they at least kept his character true and they did make him black instead yes. of whitewashing the entire cast. So. Did appreciate that. But in the book, he's like a big soccer fan. So at the matches, he's like yelling, like, give him a red card. And Ron's like, what the heck is a red what card? What are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, and it talks about too how like Ron in the um dormitory is like poking at Dean's soccer poster trying to get the yeah, players it won't to move. move. And it's like that's not how muggle stuff works like yeah but like you said it's the fun being taken out of it mm -hmm. it's it's not it i mean we know that as the books go on it gets darker and darker and scarier and scarier Mm -hmm. so it's like let's let's make sure we hold on to what fun stuff does exist especially in the movies Um, because they did take out the fun continually yeah so they're they're much more serious so um but yeah so that's my my number three grievance is just quidditch of our big three grievances (laughs) of our of our big three grievances because there's there's more we could talk about but (laughs) yeah um my number three would definitely have to be the way that they dealt with ghosts in the movie and specifically the fact that they left out peeves entirely like i'm not saying peeves is a crucial character to the story but later on in the books, I mean, he does come into play a lot. And so I think oh, it's an sure. interesting choice. They already were animating the ghosts. They already were doing the CGI. Why did they make that decision to just cut Peeves out entirely? And and it's like, to be fair, right? Not all of the books were out when they made this first movie. Yeah. But quite a few of them were. <laughs> yes. They knew a little bit about what was coming. And then in addition yeah. to Peeves just being left out the this one i know a lot of people will think it's tiny but if you've read all the books or watched all the well no read all the books because they leave it out in the movie the bloody baron mm-hmm. is super important 
his storyline was in the last book is like super crucial and in the movie they make him like this silly pirate looking dude (laughs) he like looks like he's wearing a powdered wig yeah he looks like you know like one of those fake he looks like captain hook from the peter pan movie yeah captain hook (laughs) like it's ridiculous but the book description clearly says he's like very serious he has blood on him like a knight yeah Like, and the the fact that he's the only one that Peeves is afraid of shows that he's clearly, like, very serious and, like... And stern a, and, yeah, and he's covered the Slytherin in silver house ghost, ghost blood. <laughs> like, you think the Slytherin house ghost is Captain Hook from Peter Pan? It's gonna be all, like, with a sword? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, all of the ghosts they made a little too silly. I'm like, they're dead people. I don't know, I wouldn't say all of them. The Fat Friar was, like, perfect. Spot on. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Hufflepuff ghost. <laughs> yeah so i just wish that they had i did i get it again seventh book wasn't out they didn't realize that the bloody baron was going to be important but in hindsight i wonder if they regret doing that because it really bugged me because i was like he is yeah. not like that and peeves as well it took it was like i almost did like a double take watching it i was like wait a second was that supposed to be the bloody baron <laughs> Yeah, because it's just it, some, I didn't even recognize him as the Bloody Baron. Like it took the only way you know like, is I didn't. one of the students going, "Oh, look, the Bloody Baron," and you're like, "Oh, uh. yeah. <laughs> heck no!" Yeah. But I am glad they kept in. I'm glad they at least included the ghosts. Yes, nearly headless Nick. Obviously, you know? in the next book, he's very important. So it's good that they at least introduced him well. And they kept his, that, that introduction scene almost spot on. I mean, I mean, they gave, it was supposed to be Seamus that, that was like, nearly headless. Nearly. How the heck are you supposed to be nearly headless? And they gave that line to Hermione. They gave a lot of lines to Hermione. Which we'll we'll get into in a minute. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's like they, they, they chose to include him, but didn't follow through entirely which is disappointing to be sure mm-hmm. anything else to say about th- number three on no ghosts? that's i'll i'll leave it at that <laughs> okay um so i guess then going to number two i i have some some big issues with um the characterization of three characters in particular um i will start with snape <laughs> Oh, um, Snape. So, so listen, listen. I love Alan Rickman, and I would never dishonor Alan Rickman's name ever. He's amazing, and he did such a good job in the way that the movie, like the script, wrote Snape. But we're not dissing on Alan, Alan Rickman. Rickman. No, never dissing Alan Rickman. We're dissing on the never. writers. <laughs> I guess we are. Yes. Um, no. So he's so much worse in the books and like he's just meaner, like in every way. He's just much meaner. And specifically, um, like the earliest example that I can think of off the top of my head and also that I have written down in my notes is in the in his in that potions class. It's like he's just doing attendance taking role in the movie they make it look like 
I mean, they, they have Harry taking notes, so it's not like he's goofing off, but it still makes it look like he's distracted, and that's what draws Snape's attention to him. It almost gives Snape in an the excuse. Book, yeah, they gave they give Snape an excuse to like point him out. In the book, he's just sitting there. Like Snape's just going through the role and then gets to Harry Potter's name and then just goes off on him on a tirade. And takes points away because Harry doesn't know the answer to these ridiculous questions. And um, just all in all, Snape is worse in the book than the, and, and so I think the movie lays back on that and then you end up later on at least I don't know maybe even from book one movie one people really liking Snape and like being Snape fans and they're like he's an anti-hero it's like no he's not he's just a jerk (laughs) and um, I I understand the people who like Snape as a character because as a character he's well written he's complex he's got a lot going on but as a don't like him as a person He's a jerk face. Don't try to defend his actions. Like people who try to defend him, I'm like, ooh, no, don't. If you like. That's that's a discussion for another day. (laughs) If you like Snape as a character, that's fine. If you like him as a person, we could go on and on. I disagree with you wholeheartedly if you like him as a person. But um, anyway, that we can talk more about that during another book. But um, so Snape, then Malfoy also they just really rein him in. Um, and then again, you get all of these Malfoy fans. And it's like, again, he's a necessary character. He, it, His story is sad, especially as you go through the books. And it's like, I definitely end up feeling very sympathetic and empathetic for him by the end. But in this first book, he's just a brat. And he's 11. So he's they a cut out kid. the scene. He's a bratty, spoiled kid. So in the book, and this is not in the movie, when Harry's in Diagon Alley getting his robes fitted, yes. that's his th- the first time he meets Malfoy. And Malfoy doesn't know he's Harry Potter at that time, but Malfoy's just going on and on about how, man, I can't believe Hogwarts lets in all these muggle kids and half-bloods. And blah, blah. Like, right from the get-go, you're like, this kid is awful. Um he comes and finds Harry on the train, not when they're waiting in the school. He comes and finds yeah. him on the train and he it's like, like looks for him on the train. Yeah. Well, and then the remember all scene too is like more extensive. Like mm-hmm. it starts in the um hall, like when Neville first receives it. That's when yeah. Malfoy first tries taking it away and tries teasing Neville. And the only reason he... And then it continues. The only reason he stops is because McGonagall comes over and is like, what you doing? Mm-hmm. But then once... And, and it was just so happens that she was right there. Yeah. And once Madame Hooch is gone, he's like a freaking jerk face again. And he's a jerk again. Um, and he's rude to the Ron. The duel thing is totally cut out. Oh, yeah. And he's always super rude to Ron. And then there's also in the, again, more rudeness directed at Harry and Ron. And then Malfoy's like, fine, we're going to do a wizard's duel tonight at midnight. Meet me here. Yeah, the whole midnight duel is taken out. And it's totally taken out. And the whole thing's a setup. Mm -hmm. Malfoy immediately goes to Filch and says, hey, I heard some students are going to be out of bed in this room at this time. And 
sets them up. And luckily, they don't get caught. Well, that's the original way an- that they end up in the the room at the end of the hall. Where yeah, that's Fluffy how they is. find Fluffy. Because yeah. they were running away after doing the duel. It's a totally different scene. Not to mention Neville's there. Because yep, Neville got Neville's locked out. Because, because he forgot the password. Poor guy. Oh, Neville. But and it's Hermione's like, there because she gets locked out. It's true. Not by it's, choice. It's not by choice. They're not friends with Hermione in the beginning of the book at all. Which not I'll get that into that in a minute. about right now. But yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Malfoy's... Way, and that's just a couple examples, but Malfoy is way worse in the books as well. Um, Ron. Sweet baby angel Ron. <laughs> Listen, guys. Ron Weasley is my favorite character in this whole series. And he gets dishonored over and over again in this movie series. And 100%. it drives me insane. Ron is an amazing best friend. In the books and in the movies, he is shown to be wishy-washy and cowardly and whiny, easily jealous and whiny and all these things. And in the books, that's just not the case. Specifically in this book. <laughs> Which one are you going to bring The biggest up? one that comes to mind. The biggest <laughs> one that comes to mind is the devil snare scene. Oh, yeah. Here we go. So in the movie... Ron starts freaking out and Hermione's all calm and she's just like, listen, you need to calm down. Otherwise, it'll just kill you faster. And then Ron's like, kill us faster. And he just like totally panics. In the book, he's the calm one. And Hermione's the one that's kind of panicking because she's like, I can't remember. I can't remember. Well, and Ron's just like, listen, are you a witch or not? <laughs> like, Well, the thing is, it's a totally different scene because like Hermione isn't in the devil's snare. She's on the side. So she's not even in it being calm. She's on the side panicking. Yeah. And she's on the side panicking. Ron's the one in it. (laughs) And Harry. Ron and Harry are both in it. Harry's like, what do we do? Hermione's like, it's something with like, it doesn't, it likes dark, damp places. And then Harry's like, do a fire. And she's like, I don't have wood. (laughs) And Ron's the one that's like, you're a witch. She's just panicking. And Ron's just sitting there. With this stuff slowly like strangling him or whatever. And he's just like, you don't have wood? Are you a witch or not? And it's like the best. And then, and that like snaps her into it. And that's when she figures it out. So it's like Hermione Hermione still like solves that, like that puzzle. But Ron isn't some wimpy, cowardly, freaking out guy. Or even after. I just feel like he's used so often in the movies as comic relief. And that is not his role. Yes. Or after when they're done with the devil's snare, they still have the line where Harry says, like, lucky Hermione pays attention in Herbology. But then Ron is also mm-hmm. like, lucky we, like, you know, figured it out. What the heck? You don't have any wood. Like, what are you talking about? You dumb dumb. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's like. That's a big one. But there's also a lot of like a lot of that. That's the biggest one that's also in the movie but just done in a weird way there's a lot of stuff that doesn't even make it into the movie that I've kind of already mentioned like with the duel and with a lot of the interactions with Snape and with Malfoy like Ron is right there Ron straight Harry up fights Malfoy defending at defending him oh yeah straight up gives him a bloody so, nose it's dope. and yeah and it's just like I love Ron and he's not shown the respect he deserves 
Well, another line that I absolutely loved when I was reading it. So, and this I'll have to go into with the detention thing. Ron's not with them when they get detention. Because they took out the whole bit about them bringing the dragon up into the tower. It's actually Hermione, Harry, Neville. And Neville. Mm -hmm. And Malfoy who gets Neville gets taken out all over the place. Yeah. Which, poor Neville. Love him. (laughs) He's such a scaredy cat. And, and so, Neville also ends up being very important later in the series, but yeah. we won't talk about so that. So anyways, <laughs> they, Neville, Hermione, and Harry lose Gryffindor 150 points. And so everyone hates them. And there's a line where it says, only Ron stood by Harry. Like, yeah. that's, that's Ron. Like, Ron stood by Harry even when everyone else hated him. He's, he was the ultimate best friend, and the movies really don't portray that accurately. So, mm-hmm. makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's that. Those, those are my. And again, there's there's good things too. There's good characterizations. Um, Hagrid, phenomenal. Really, McGonagall, most most of the teachers spot on. Most of the teachers. Like Filch. Spot on. Filch is hilarious. Filch. So well done. Flitwick, Filch is... great. Quirrell, great. McGonagall, great. Mm-hmm. Hagrid, oh, yeah. great. Madam. Well, and the Dursleys all are great too. Like the except they're they not the blonde. Dursleys, fantastic. Which was interesting. No, they're not blonde, but they're actually, still... well, I don't know. Mister Dursley could be. Yeah, he's a little gray blonde at that point. But Dudley and Petunia. <laughs> we don't know. Dudley and Petunia are both supposed to be blonde. Yeah, that's true. But they've got the the mannerisms down. Yes, totally. But yeah, the so. teachers, very well cast. Overall, the casting, super well done. The kids are all like the right age and they did a great job. Well, and Mr. especially for casting 11-year-olds, like way to be. <laughs> yeah. Like the only gripe I guess I have about the casting is like Ron is supposed to be like a tall, gangly boy. Which... Yeah. I mean, Rupert Grint wasn't necessarily tall and gangly, but, like, he did such a good job he as He ends Ron. up getting pretty tall. Yeah. So, like, it's fine. I don't really care about that. But going into my number two, which is also kind of about characterization, let's talk about Harry for a second. Harry in the book <laughs> is a sassy guy. He has He's the, the sass queen. He has the best comeback lines. He's always just like having this little one-liners that just crack you up. And he's got attitude that you don't really get to see with in the everyone. Movie. <laughs> yes. Like seriously. Like he doesn't care who he's talking to. He always just like has little things that he likes to say. And I just I well, wish even with like the Dursleys who could literally ruin his life and he would still like backtalk. <laughs> yeah. And like Snape, he was always saying like dumb little things to Snape. And Malfoy Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, it's fine because like he's 11 and I'm sure like they didn't want the actor to like, you know, have to be too sassy, but this continues on through all of the movies. Like they cut out Harry's sass in every single book. And that's why I have to bring it up now because I'm like, this is a continuous problem where they don't make Harry who he's supposed to be, in my opinion. Yeah, well, and it's one of, like, the connecting character traits that he had with his dad. Yes. Like, he is like his dad a lot, and that's why 
it's like so annoying he that they make him Snape a so bit bad. more serious. Because I'm like, yeah. no, Harry's hilarious. Harry's my all-time favorite fictional character. Because he's so sassy and like he's so funny, but like also really loyal and awesome. And like has like I mean, and he I mean he has flaws. Yeah, he's got flaws, obviously. All good characters have flaws. But, but... I just wish that they had included that sass. And like Oh, totally. A, a little bit also with like Dumbledore, obviously, the first actor for Dumbledore. Amazing. Love him. Loved him. He was so good. Way I better would... than the second actor. Way better. But I The second d- actor didn't even read the books. Yeah, we'll get into that when he How comes in. How are you supposed in. to accurately portray a character if you don't read the books? I, I just... Anyways, <laughs> we'll get into that. But I just wish that they had shown a bit more of Dumbledore's humor in this movie. Because, like, the beginning speech that he gives, he's like, I'd like to say a few words. And then he just says nonsense. He's like, do-do-do-do-do. Thank you. Like, and when he finds Harry at the mirror, he sits down on the ground with Harry like he's just a bit more human. He says nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Thank you. Stop that <laughs> <back> down. <laughs> exactly. And like he just he's got a bit more of like this fun side and it talks about like the twinkle in his eye and like he's always kind of like smirking and obviously I don't want to nitpick Dumbledore too much cuz this first actor that they have did a great job. But it's just kind of, again, like you said, they we should have his name. Hold on. I'm going to look that up. Okay. Let's give credit where credit's due. Yes. But it's like you said, they took the fun out of the movies, like with the sass and with the silliness, they took that out and made it a bit more serious. And I just, you don't quite get the same amount of fun as you do if you read the books. Yeah. No, totally. Well, especially because I know that they had to change Dumbledore's because the first actor passed away. Yeah, which is so sad. Which is like especially sad. Um because he was just I really liked him. Um why can't I not find his name? Richard Harris. Richard Harris. Richard Harris. And he was a great actor. He was in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I think he did he did such a good job. Yeah. I think. I mean, given his lines, you know, like given what yes, he again, was given. It's with the, the writers that left out the silly lines. Mm-hmm. Um But I think he still did a good like especially with, like at the end with like the jelly beans, the Yes, that beans, end scene showed beans. a bit more of his fun side, which it's I like, enjoyed. Alas earwax yes (laughs) and like it made harry laugh you know like he likes to Mm -hmm. be fun so that's harry dumbledore now final character i want to talk about really fast hermione i love hermione in the books and i eventually eventually (laughs) and that's on purpose because Hermione yeah. in the beginning of the books is kind of like a stuck-up, snobby rule follower that you're like... Oh, she's a know-it-all. She's a total know-it-all. And you're like, kind of annoyed. She's a muggle-born. So she's not actually a know-it-all, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of things that she she might know because she's read it in books, but she does not know firsthand or doesn't know really anything about. But it's like, that doesn't stop her from trying to tell everybody all about it as if she knows all about it still. Yeah. 
And like we mentioned earlier, she's not even friends with them until the troll scene. Which I counted. Okay. (laughs) So, because I was like, curious, because in the movie, even before the troll scene, it seems like they're, even though they're annoyed by her, that they're friends. Yeah. So the first Harry Potter book is 309 pages long. Mm-hmm. And they aren't friends in the book until like almost page 200 or something. Yeah. It's like 180 something. So it's like way more than half the book. They are not friends with Hermione. Like she bugs the crap out of them. <laughs> like when Ron makes Hermione cry, he's like, whatever, good riddance. Like he doesn't really care about her. And like, there's a line. The like line a normal eleven year old boy. <laughs> yes, and the line in the book is like, after the troll scene, there's like, there's some things that you just that just make you friends, and fighting a troll is one of them. Which going into the troll scene, let's talk about the fact that Hermione is frozen the entire time. She does not help Ron. She does not say flish like swish and flick or whatever. Like it's all Ron there. It's one of the things I didn't mention when talking about the dishonor given to ron (laughs) yes and like i think it's so interesting because hermione has a lot of good moments in the book hermione redeems herself by the end she's got some great scenes and yet for some reason they felt like she needed to take everyone else's scenes and lines and like have all this extra stuff well they gave her all these other and then didn't even include some of the stuff that was originally hers in the book Mm mm-hmm like I'm looking through my notes. Just really interesting choices. Like, it's so, like, when they take exams, they totally left the exams out of the movie, which, again, I get time or whatever. But, like, after the exams happen, that's when they go to get the Sorcerer's Stone. And they're like, if we get expelled, we get expelled, whatever. And Hermione's like, Flitwick told me I got 112 on his exam. They're not expelling me. Like, she's like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she stands up for herself and she's like awesome and i like really liked her but they like totally left that out and instead gave her all mm-hmm. these other people's lines it's weird yeah and and that's something too that they continue to do throughout the books yes i don't want to bring this up with every single book so i'm just gonna mention a couple others that really irk me yes in book two Sorry, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but in book spoilers. two. <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> um, when Malfoy calls Hermione a mudblood, it offends Ron way more than it offends Hermione. And Hermione, like she's hurt by it, but she doesn't really know what knows. She doesn't really know what it means. So when they're like explain it's not Hermione that explains to Harry what it means it's Ron and Ron is the one that's all you know built up over it and Hermione says she's like I could tell by his tone that it was an insult um and that it wasn't a nice thing to say but like she doesn't really know what it means because like you mentioned really she's a muggle-born she doesn't she didn't grow up with those kind of words she doesn't know that's not gonna that's not gonna have an impact with her like it would with Ron who's born and raised in the wizarding world it's like someone insulting you in another language you're like okay but if my best friend spoke that language they would probably be more offended than me exactly (laughs) because they know the full impact of it yeah yes um 
So that's one, another, op- uh, another one. And this one really bugs me too, because it's another one that just makes Ron look wimpy mm-hmm. is in the third book before they know that Sirius and Remus aren't bad. In the book, it's Ron that says, if you want Harry, you'll have to kill us too. Yeah. And in the movie, they give that line to Hermione. And I get Hermione's the only main female character for a very long time. And so I don't know. I don't want to take away from. I don't know if they wanted to. She's got her own merits to stand on. That's just it. I don't know if they were trying to like be like female power, which I'm all about female power. Awesome. I'll get into that in the later books when more female characters come in. But like, yeah, right? <laughs> it's interesting because they cut out the scenes that really show Hermione's merits, and they were just they just throw her in as a replacement for other people. You're like, why didn't you just keep the yeah, scenes it's, it's, that it's she really originally odd. had? Yeah. Well, not to mention that, like you said, in the book there are other, like the Patil twins, and um, why is her name? I'm blanking on her name, but the Slytherin girl, <laughs> Pansy Parkinson. Yes. Um, I'm like, why am I blanking on the name? Well, and um, starting in the second one, you have Ginny. I wanted to say Mandy Patinkin, and I'm like, that is an actor, and he <laughs> no. plays Nigo Montoya. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but... Um, no, but like, starting in the second, you get Ginny. have roles and have lines, and, and Ginny and everyone are, are in this book, and they're kind of taken out of the movie. McGonagall, part, which I get she's it. awesome. Oh, she's so bad, eh? They did such a great job with her casting. But no, for reals. Again, like we mentioned, we could go on and on about these. But before we get too much further into it, we should move on to our next stuff. Okay, so before we get to our number one top most annoyed, I don't know what to call grievance, um... We've got some honorable mentions. <laughs> um, so I'll start with honorable mention positive, which is settings in this movie are fantastic. Settings I and- personally feel like yeah, the Hogwarts, Diagon Alley, uh, Private Drive, um, like the shack out on the island and the sea and the storm, like those match almost perfectly what I pictured when I read J.K. Rowling's descriptions in the book. So they did a 100%. fantastic job there. Same with costuming. Great job. Like, oh, yeah. Totally. The robes in this movie look great. The Quidditch robes are great, as we've already mentioned. The teacher's apparel is amazing. Like Oh, all the robes and hats and And the soundtrack. And... The soundtrack is beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. So like oh yeah the soundtrack holds up <laughs> oh yeah so all that stuff's amazing totally um honorable mention not such a great thing and this is this this is a small thing i understand that this is small but it kind of ties into a lot of foreshadowing in the book that gets completely skipped over in the movie i really really wish that when hagrid first shows up with harry in the beginning on the motorcycle that they mentioned that it was Sirius Black's motorcycle that Hagrid had, because in the book Hagrid talks about how he borrowed it from Sirius Black and he was just with Sirius Black, you know, like all these things that then really tie in to the third book. 
um, and kind of already introduces this character that you don't know a whole lot about, but becomes very important. So just yeah. a small thing that I feel like they could have easily still included that, but well, and going maybe they along, thought it would complicate things too much. Going along with like little foreshadowings or little like nuanced things like that with the centaurs. The centaurs actually like, oh, totally. there's three of them in the book and it's like a big deal that Fire and Oh, Harry like, rides on one of their backs. <laughs> yeah. And it's a big deal. And it's a like, big deal. They say like they see stuff in the stars and it like talks about how centaurs are like star readers, which you don't really get that in the movie at all. No, not at all. Yeah. And another thing with leaving out characters fred and george are huge characters in the in the books and in the movies you only see them like a couple times i mean they get uh their presence slowly grows but, but even yeah just, not as not as big as they are in the books like it's kind of nice to see them more in the books and see that they're like they care about ron like they make sure that he's like mm -hmm. they're good big brothers yeah because they're family and i feel like in the movie you'd be like the weasleys just once they get to school they never talk to each other <laughs> yeah only percy that's just a percy thing yes <laughs> percy's the exception yes. um another little one that i don't know if everybody is aware of this um it was supposed to be pronounced voldemort yeah it was I don't not even, supposed to be a hard t i don't even do that right but that's because the movies have popularized so much the pronunciation Voldemort that even eventually J.K. Rowling was like, okay, fine, whatever you can say it, Voldemort. To be fair. <laughs> but originally it was supposed to be Voldemort. There's nothing like, in the books. You weren't supposed to say the T. There's nothing in the books to tell you that, though. So when I read the books, I said Voldemort because I didn't know any Unless better. you have a Latin understanding. <laughs> Because well, I think that's what it's based it's on. It's French. I think it's French. <laughs> is it French? I thought it was I Latin. I think so. Listen, French is Latin-based, which means it's based on Latin. Okay. But yeah, it's just... <laughs> Close enough. That one I don't... You know more one... about Latin than I do. <laughs> yes. That one I don't care as much about just because I said Voldemort when I first read the book. It doesn't... It's not like it's not something that bugs me per se. It's just something that I think is funny. And those who have listened to the audiobooks, those people will know and really That's recognize that i haven't difference. listened to the audiobooks because the harry potter audiobooks are the only audiobooks that i've listened to that i've really enjoyed because i have a very hard time under like liking the voice of the person reading mm. and the person the guy who reads the harry potter audiobooks is fantastic and the in the first i think it's like four or five audiobooks he says voldemort and of and like in like Five or six, he starts saying Voldemort hmm. when reading. And it's because the movie culture totally Finally caught up it. with them. And then, yeah. And then, so then they were like, you have to say it the way the movie says it. It's just funny. And maybe that's not so much a, a grievance or a compliment as it is just a fun fact. <laughs> well, something interesting that I'll say is in the beginning of the book, you have two songs that happen that they just totally left out of the movie. The Sorting Hat sings True. a song, which I actually really like the Sorting Hat song because it gives you information about the houses and what they mm -hmm. are. And it just kind of helps you better understand represent. them. And then they're supposed to all sing the 
school song. Hogwarts theme song. And yeah. Dumbledore straight up just says, Hogwarts, pick your favorite Hogwarts, tune. Hoggy, hoggy, warty, warty, Hogwarts. <laughs> like, they're just supposed to pick their favorite tune and sing it. And Fred and George do like a funeral march and it's super funny. And again, it's like a funny scene that they just decided not to include. Oh, and Dumbledore loves it. <laughs> oh, he's like so happy at the end. He claps. He's he is so excited about it. But that was one that I kind of was sad about was the lack of the songs. Yeah, no, I agree. And, th- and that's more, again, some of the fun hearted stuff. Mm-hmm. The But um, those are our honorable oh, mentions. Hold on. I have one more. Oh, we have one more honorable one mention. More. <laughs> well, I just really quick. It's so interesting to read the book and you don't get to the beginning of the movie until like a good few pages in. Because it oh, goes, yeah, that's true. It goes on for a while about the Dursleys and their lives and how they live and how they absolutely hate everything that's odd or imaginative or anything of the sort. The beginning of the movie is page nine in the there book. You go. Page nine. So there's nine pages before we even get to Dumbledore showing up on the street. Yep. And I understand. And it does give you a nice little insight into why the Dursleys are the way they are and why I mean it's still awful and it doesn't justify their actions at all with Harry but it gives you a little bit more of a window into their lives yeah and I get why they started the movie the way they did because it's more dramatic like it immediately you're like ooh but I'm and then again time I know they have time constraints in movies yeah but I do wonder what it would be like if it had started the way the book started all right. Honorable mentions done. There you go. Okay. Number one top grievance. Here we go. And the reason I'm mentioning it now is because this is in kind of another all-encompassing grievance that goes throughout the entire series. So, and I can back this up. I've done research. <laughs> Listen. Okay. <laughs> We're kind of going to go back to Snape for a minute because he's another good example of this. The ages of a lot of the parents and like the, like Harry's parents, Snape, the rest of the um, martyrs, um, they're way too old. They're just too old. Mm-hmm. And listen. Again, this isn't saying anything bad about the actors themselves that were chosen because yeah, they didn't. They were great actors and they did a great job. But it, it changes the impact when you make them that old. So mm-hmm. listen, okay, because I've, <laughs> I've done this all out and I've thought it through and I've researched it because people try to tell me I'm wrong. And I'm like, listen, I'm sorry. I'm not wrong on this. <laughs> Um, you can have a different opinion on, on whether or not it matters, but I'm not wrong about it. So you are 17, 18, 17 or 18, depending on how old you are when you started school, when you mm-hmm. graduate from Hogwarts. Yes. We know from the books that James and Lily got married pretty quickly after they graduated. So let's say... 18, 19. Let's say they waited a year after they graduated to get married. They're 19. We also know that they had Harry relatively soon once they were married. So they had Harry when they were around 20 or 21. 
even maybe as early as 19 if they got pregnant that first yeah, year of we, marriage. Okay. I mean, you could stretch it and say 23, 24 even. Doesn't matter. But early we know that, 20s. But, I, but we know it wasn't that long because they specifically say it's not in this first book. Granted, it's not in this first book. Mm -hmm. But in the books, she does eventually go into detail about the relationship and how quickly it all happened. So Harry's parents were around 21 when they died. And we know that Snape, Lupin, Peter Pettigrew, Sirius Black were all the same age as them. So in this first movie, in this first book, Snape is 30 years old. Now imagine the scenes with Snape and his behaviors instead of coming from like a crotchety older guy where it can be kind of written off more coming from a 30 year old. A 30 year old should not be that bitter. Yeah. They haven't lived that long, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, but also it also puts in perspective how old these kids were because they were basically kids when they were fighting a war. Yeah. So having them be older also takes away from that impact of these were some young kids when they were fighting their, that original war against Voldemort. Well, they were young. When you see his parents in the mirror. They're way too old. They're His dad looks like he's 50. <laughs> and like same and with if those he's seeing his parents as the age he thinks they would be with him being 11. Again, they would be like 30, 31. Okay, but still the photo album that he gets at the end. They're the same age. They're way too old. And that's they're way so too old. old. They're way too old. Yeah. And same when and again it takes away from the impact and the and the the tragedy, that's the word I'm looking yes. for. Of the fact that these were they were 20, 21 when they were murdered and left their one year old son. Well, and don't get me wrong, Sirius Black, Remus Lupin, the actors that play them do a great I, job. Well, and it's the same with Alan Rickman, right? Like I love the actors. It's not that they don't do a good job. I'm just thinking about what a bigger impact. And again, this is, I know this is a very personalized grievance yeah. here because it's something that I'm very passionate about. But in like the third book, when Remus and Sirius come in, they should be like 32, 33, you know? Mm -hmm. And yes. Serious, having been in Azkaban for so many years, like, yeah, that could age him a little bit, but it wouldn't make him look like he's in his 50s. Yes. So. I don't know. Again, it, it's almost it, it it's almost like they're more like uncle or even grandparent age. Instead of parent age because mm -hmm. these kids in the book, it talks the about Weasleys how are the only exception. I, th I think the Weasley parents are perfect. No, and but, it's okay that they're older because, again, Ron and Ginny are, like, the last of their children. Like, No, they in have, the book, it clearly states that they were older than Harry's parents, though. They, yeah. like, so it makes sense that they're older. They have Charlie, who's out of school. Charlie and Bill, himself, I think, is, like, 30 or something. Bill, so. who's out of school. Like, not they Charlie, already Bill. Had, Bill is, like, old, yeah. Yeah. Older. He's not older. old. He's, He's not older. Old. <laughs> 
But anyway, I know I understand that that's a very personalized thing, but it kind of overarches the entire series and is something that I'm clearly passionate about. So it, it's my number one and I needed to mention it now in the beginning of the books so that I hopefully don't get distracted with it when we continue on with the other books. <laughs> oh, we might. <laughs> it, it'll still come up. I'm sorry, guys. It's just it'll come up at some point. But yes. Um. Are you good? Is that, can I say mine now? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I'm a little hot now because I really get worked up about that. But I'm good. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> All right. So my number one is a little broad, and I have a long list of examples that I will give. So it's rearranging slash retelling simple, like, things in the movie that, like, they easily didn't need to do. Number one example. When Hagrid comes to pick up Harry, Mm -hmm. he tells him about his past right away. Oh, yeah. It's not like this big secret. Which makes sense. It's not like Hagrid's trying to be like, I'm not the one to tell you that. Like, no, he doesn't bring him to Diagon Alley and be like, you're famous, but I'm not going to tell you why. Like, no, he tells him right well, off the bat. Can you imagine being Harry? Yes, yeah, so confused. Like, an 11-year-old kid wouldn't wait to ask those questions. Like, no, he'd want to know When he gets to Ollivander's and he's like, who owned that wand? It's like, no, he already knows who owned that wand. So that was, that's one. (laughs) Number two, the troll looks totally different. I know this is like a tiny thing, but like, it's just an example of they're already doing CGI. Like, why did they have him look so different than the description in the book? It's not like they were casting a troll. (laughs) No, they were. It was a giant man. Yes. In a green screen suit. No. <laughs> Same with like wizard's chess. In the book, it's like way more animated. Like you don't oh, touch yeah. the pieces at it's all. Brutal. Like they it's like brutal. they pick up the pieces and throw them off the board, and they're like talking to Harry. Like they're like actual p- animated pieces, and that goes into play later in the big wizard's chess scene, where it's like brutal. Like makes it Ron, much more dramatic. Ron doesn't just, like, have his horse stabbed and then he weirdly falls over. Like, he gets whacked across the (laughs) head by a stone arm. He gets knocked out cold. Yeah. And so I just thought it was interesting because, again, they're already doing the CGI. You're already doing the work on it. Like, why make that change? Another minor change, (laughs) but can make a big impact again, yeah, on the drama and the understanding of, like, the seriousness of yeah. the situation. Or the mirror totally. of Erised. It's not just oh. Harry's parents that he sees. He sees his whole family. Yeah. And I'm like, you easily... Like, oh, the whole line. Yeah. Like, that's so much more, in my opinion... Sadder. <laughs> yeah, so much more sad. Because it's like, he just wants family. It's not just his parents. Like, he wants family. That, like, sense and feeling of belonging. Yeah. Like, it talks about how they see, like, all the familiar faces. And he's like, I s- he saw a grandparent who had his same knobbly knees. And, like, this idea of, like, yeah. he has a family. And, again, you're already sticking people in the mirror. Just get a few more extras. Stick them in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> 
grab your own grandpa throw him in that mirror (laughs) or like the fact that his mom is supposed to be crying and she like waves at him like it's supposed to be a lot more touching Mm -hmm. and heart-wrenching did their best with like she puts his hand her hand on his shoulder and he like goes and he's like oh it's not really there like they tried (laughs) but like i guess if you she could have cried (laughs) but another one hagrid gives harry a flute and they use the flute to put Fluffy to sleep. Mm-hmm. And it's not, he's not already asleep when they get there. No. Yeah. And again, I'm like, you're already doing the scene. Why did you change it? It's just little changes like that. That I'm like, you're already doing it. Why didn't you just stick with what the book had? It was fine. Like, there's obviously... Well, like we mentioned before, too. With, like, when they originally even find Fluffy, like, they, they totally rearrange that and take it out of context in the movie um instead of what's in the book yeah or like the fact that i mean this one i kind of get maybe it was a little too grotesque but like quirrell doesn't turn to stone he straight up just blisters so like maybe yeah. that was too grotesque for like a pg movie <laughs> i was like oh is it a pg movie i think it's pg uh, my movies are still in the other room from when I watched it because I watched them on I, I I don't stream them. I have the physical Blu-rays, but anyways, I think they're PG. So maybe the they might be PG thirteen. Blisters were more grotesque. Mm-hmm. I get that. They they are children's books. They knew that children would be watching. Yes. I get but it. also that whole weird thing with like Voldemort's soul like coming out and like going through Harry. <laughs> That's not yeah. in the books at all. Like, Harry just passes out and almost dies because he used so much effort to, like, get rid of Quirrell. And I was like, why did you add that in to be dramatic? It's kind of dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Because Voldemort needed to be the bad guy, Taylor. He needed to yes. be the bad guy. <laughs> it wasn't clear enough that he's the bad guy. So, no. again, I could go on and on with examples on this, but I'll digress. <laughs> But yeah, it's just like, and the same with like taking out characters, giving lines to other people, taking out important scenes. Like, I just, I, there's a part of me that wants to sit down with the writers and be like, why did you make these choices? Yeah. And, and not to say that we would do a better job necessarily because it's already a long movie. Like, it's over two hours. I don't want to be. Like, uh, what are, is it, they, they're called like script ad- adapters, like the, the person like that, that makes the s- screenplay adaptation. I don't, yes. it would not be a fun job. It's hard. Cause obviously they want to, because you're not going to please everyone. No. <laughs> but again, like I said, it's the scenes where I'm like, you were already including it. You were already doing it. Why'd you change exactly. it? Exactly. Why would you change it? Yeah. Also. Okay. I just thought of one more. That kind of irked me. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. When Hagrid picks up Harry and takes him to get his belongings and then drops him off at the station, there's like a whole month missing there where he's supposed oh, to go back yeah, yeah, yeah. to the Dursleys. The and it, Dursleys actually take him to King's Cross Station. And it makes it seem like Harry's birthday is in September, but his birthday is the end of July. And then school yeah, starts in, in September. So the whole month of August, they're just like, whatever. 
Either that or in the movie, it makes you think that school starts in the middle of summer. Yeah, which is the worst. One or the other, and neither is true. So. Yeah. <laughs> also, so I just another funny thing. Again, it's just an interesting this. choice, and I'm sure they just wanted to just make it quick. Interesting choice. Um, Harry's scar moves the entire movie. Yes. <laughs> it is less, not in the same spot. Less on the his poor forehead. makeup artists. <laughs> it's just moving all over his forehead but anyway again we digress yes um we do have some fan faux pas to share with you about this movie yes we've had Um, a couple people submit um through our instagram on our instagram we always ask you guys before we start recording what things bugged you specifically so um we want to share those right now with you guys just a couple of the submissions that we had um first off we have one from amber g who talked about harry's eye color and that is a good point and i know they tried to do contacts and daniel radcliffe irritated his eyes couldn't do eye like the contacts i get it i hate contacts i'm a glasses wearer but like cgi is a thing (laughs) <laughs> or like at least exists. get the act at least make his mom the actress who plays his mom yeah later on they them. don't so even make their, their eyes, eyes just eyes need mask. to be the same color <laughs> it's like really pivotal by the end that their eyes are the same color for yes. some very symbolic scenes but exactly so we agree with you there amber mm-hmm. um okay and so then mariah m she said Hated the devil's snare scene. Rewriting Ron as hysterical and Hermione as calm was the beginning of the entire film series, giving Hermione all of Ron's good qualities moments. With you there. Um, She also said, I also think cutting Snape's awful behavior to his students set the stage for Snape apologists we ended up with. I love Alan Rickman, but in my opinion, his charm made Snape... um, to be redeemed in a lot of viewers' eyes when the books really just don't justify that. And um, kind of mentioned those things. So I agree, Mariah. Wholeheartedly. Um, and yeah, I do think that it was Alan Rickman's charm that made a lot of people be like, oh, Snape redeemed himself in the end, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, he really didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Um, And our last one for today is from, let's see, Maddie, what is it, Maddie R, Maddie K? Um, And she says, when they're trying to get the Sorcerer's Stone, I wish they would have included the potion tasting storyline for Hermione. They gave Harry flying and Ron chess, but left that out for her. And I 100% agree. When I read that scene... I was like, this is so great because Hermione gets so excited about the potions because she's like, this is mm-hmm. logic. This has nothing to do with magic. Like, this is just thinking. This is something through. I can do. <laughs> and I'm like, a hundred percent. Because, and again, like we were talking about earlier with Hermione, how they give her these other scenes and take out this scene that like shows her doing her thing. Was hers. And oh, instead totally. of her in like being in the chess room telling Harry to like go on. In the potion room, there's only enough potion for one of them to go forward. So she's just, so Harry's mm-hmm. like, I'm going forward. You go back and get Dumbledore. Like, it's not like a choice. 
He's like, you go do this. And she's like, okay, fine. And then they go their separate ways through the flames. And then I feel like that also justifies her getting the 50 house points. Mm -hmm. Much more. Like much more than the devil snare scene. Whoops. I just knocked into my microphone again. I'm sorry. You gotta stop doing that. That's noisy. I'm sorry. So, Maddie. You know I talk with my hands. Y'all can't (laughs) see it, but I talk with my hands. So. But yes, Maddie, I 100% agree. I wish that scene had been included. I think that there are other scenes that were less vital throughout the movie that easily could have been cut down in order for that scene to be put in because it was so good and Mm -hmm. really helped Hermione's character. Well, and I think it helped redeem her a little bit too because like we said in the beginning of the book, she was really annoying. Mm -hmm. I don't like Hermione in the beginning of the book. And you're not supposed to. I don't think you're supposed to like her I don't think you are, yeah. So it's a redeeming thing for her too. Um, 100%. But yeah, so those are our fan faux pas this week. Um... If you have any fan faux pas, um, again, follow us on our social media on Instagram and Twitter. That's TBWB podcast. Because um, we'll, when we're recording a new episode, we always ask there if you have any thoughts yourself or you can send us an email at TBWB podcast at gmail.com and put whatever book you have an issue with in the subject line so that when we're getting ready to record for that book, we'll search for that and we can find it. Um, and if we ever you know don't we're gonna be get going to them, through. if we ever don't get to yeah. them in an episode, we'll definitely feature it on social media and give our thoughts on it. Cause like we said, we could go on and on and on about these. And on. Yep. And, and so as you know, um, or maybe you don't, and now, you know, um, <laughs> We're going to do all of the Harry Potter books and movies first um, before moving on to other books that have been adapted into films. Um, but we'll always let you know ahead of time what we're going to be doing next so that you can send in your thoughts or so that if you want to read the book again or for the first time or watch the movie again or whatever um, before the next episode, you can because we'll keep you on top of everything. Yep, we'll give you a good reading list. Yes, good summer reading list right at the end of summer. (laughs) (laughs) Summer's over. (laughs) Yes. But um, before we wrap up today's episode, I think it's important to ask the most important question of all, is the book better? And I think we can both agree that in this case, (laughs) yes, it is. It is definitely I'm the not book gonna, is better. I'm not going to say that it's a big gap because I think that the first no. Harry Potter movie is one of the best adapted films ever. It's the closest. There are definitely scenes where it's like, whoa, this is almost word for word from the book. Yes. And a lot of movies aren't like that. But there's just <laughs> there's information and there's characters and there's just stuff that you don't get in the movie that you get in the book that makes the book better. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that'll always be the case, but in this case, I think it's pretty clear. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't read the books and you've only watched the movies, 
I highly recommend you read the books. It's not going to make you not like the movies. Like we said, we like the movies. Mm-hmm. The movie is still good. We're not saying it's a bad movie. It's a good movie. The book was just better. And like you mentioned earlier, if you don't love reading, the audiobooks for the Harry Potter books are amazing. So if you're not a big yeah, reader, really give the audiobooks a try because I think you'll like them. And this is not an ad because we are not getting paid to say that. No, but, no. Hey, Audible or whatever. Want to sponsor us? Hit me up. <laughs> um, but yeah, because they are pretty awesome. Those audiobooks are. Mm-hmm. That's just a personal recommendation. So I think that's a wrap there. That's all we've got. Join us next time and we will be talking about Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. So until then, goodbye. Bye.